You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Almost jumped the gun there. I'm so excited on this Friday morning alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. What up, Jake? What is happening? Happy Friday. Yes, it is a, a great Friday. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Obviously, we want to hear from you on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. We've had a pretty good week, so we want to end it with a bang and plenty to discuss, of course, over the next two hours. As we typically do, we start with some headlines, and obviously the biggest headline being the NBA and the Pels. Get your brooms out. Get them out. They're up 3-0. The Pels are up 3-0 after that big win last night. A um, couple things stood out to me, Aaron. Right. So, you know, we were at a game last night, but I, I got the wife to record it for me. So I came home, started from the beginning because I wanted to see that atmosphere. You weren't tipped off? You did not have a spoiler alert? I did not. I, I, I stayed away, thankfully. And I started, caught up by by the third quarter. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to start from the beginning because I wanted to see that atmosphere. And it was something else. It was really special to see uh, that type of atmosphere for a Pelicans game. Not just for, like, just because... It's been so long. Like, you have to go all the way back to the New Orleans Hornets when they were, you know, with Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler and those guys to when you saw an atmosphere like that. And that's been such a long time. And I know, you know, the Pelicans made it to the playoffs before and and got swept by the Warriors. But I don't think we got that sort of level of excitement because we kind of knew what what, what the Pels were going to get. 18,551 fans in the house. 18, and you could hear them all. And it it was just great to see. Uh, the reactions and just that crowd sucked into that game. And, man, the Pelicans, I, I don't think anybody can beat them right now. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds silly, but, like, they're just playing their best ball. It's, it, and, and I know, you know, sooner or later it's gonna they're going to stop shooting this well. It's going to, you know, they're going to have to grit one out. But right now they're just shooting lights out. So the storyline going into this with uh, the Blazers down 0-2, they were going to be the hungry team. They were going to be the team that came out fast. They were going to be the team that was fighting for their postseason lives. It really didn't turn out that way as the Pels and that crowd take them out of the game immediately. Well, and they they were hitting their shots early. Uh, I think they hit like their first three three three-pointers. So they, they came out guns a-blazing, but the Pelicans did too. The Pels hit 10 of their first 14 shots in that game. Yes. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, I just did, <laughs> no, they did not trail after the first uh, four minutes. Of course, the Blazers made a few of those first shots and then missed 22 of their first uh, 33. And ultimately, the turnover bug came to bite them in the butt. Yeah, uh, Blazers had 12 turnovers in the first 20 minutes, and – you know, Miritich, I thought, was great again. I mean, you know, I got to get – You have been beating that drum. I have. He's He's been awesome. He's been he's been the turning point for me, for, for the Pelicans. Yeah. Since they got him, and I know it, it took him like a week or two, but once he got, you know, kind of integrated in that lineup, I just think the Pelicans started taking off, and they never looked back. And, of course, Drew's been playing on another level. He didn't have the type of game last night that he's been having that he had in Portland. But he didn't have to. And, and of course, you know, when, when Rondo is out there at three 
a deep three, by the way, and has the confidence to shoot it, and he's not fully wide open, and he, then he sinks it. I, I, I watched that happen. I'm just going, yeah, it's just the Pelicans' time right now. It's just everything's going their way. So but, they win the first game by two. They win the second by nine, and then last night, 119 to 102, so they win by 17. Uh, this series. Yeah, it's getting away. Trending. It's getting away from Portland. It's getting away from Portland. Uh, the best play of the night, though, was Anthony Davis's putback. That was pretty incredible. It was awesome. And I loved his reaction, his little roar afterwards. And, you know, again, the fans just kind of fed off of it. It was just – I'm gushing right now, but it's just a really fun time to be a Pelicans fan. It's really cool to see them play this well on this type of level. So Saturday afternoon, an opportunity to close them out opportunity to close them out just one game away you're up 3-0 uh with the way this series has gone man why wouldn't you go ahead and p- predict the sweep so yeah uh get your brooms out everybody said you know once lillard and uh, mccullum kind of put it together you look at the That's statistically what from what they did last night i mean what they combined for 42 points yeah they they have to be superhuman though it's it's gonna take a lot more than that when the pelicans are shooting at that high of a rate and just that com- the confidence level is what gets me. You can just see it on it. Even like guys like Ian Clark and Etwan Moore. I mean, all of these guys are super. Con- and then Solomon Hill gets in there, and he's he looks like he's confident too. The team's just feeling it right now, and that's why. I, yeah, go ahead and, and put me down for a, a sweet prediction, which I might have just gave him the kiss of death. Mm. But uh, I'm already looking ahead to Golden State. I'm not gonna lie to you. And uh, bring on the Warriors. Bring on the Warriors. And let, let's go there real quick because Kevin Durant rolled his ankle last mm-hmm. night. And it doesn't seem to be anything serious. They'll, they said he'll play game four. But this Warriors team's not getting healthier, you know. And, and Steph Curry's still looking after his knee right now. And so maybe, just maybe, this could be the perfect storm. But I, I do want to touch on something real quick about the Warriors and the Spurs. I was hoping that the Spurs could pull something out for Pop. Golden State won last night, one ten to ninety seven. They now lead that series three to nothing. They now lead the series three. I was I was rooting for the Spurs for Pop. Of course, he wasn't there. He had to be with his family. Um, but the start of that game, just the one play where, where Rudy Gay took it to the basket and dunked it, and that crowd went crazy. That was cool, man. That was really cool. And I thought they had a chance because the Warriors. Did not shoot it well early. I think they were one of fourteen from three point land to start that game. But eventually, you know, they're just so good that it eventually turns on and they're able to to take the lead and, and uh, win that game. Durant, with a twist in his ankle there in the fourth quarter, called it uh, quote a quick roll. Also said quote I'm good. It's nothing, yeah. or whatever it's worth. Whatever it's worth. One other NBA score from uh, last night: Philadelphia. Wins two to a, they now lead that series two to one. They take care of business versus Miami. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting series because it's getting a lot chippier. Uh, you know, in game two when Miami won, Goran Dragic went to the the rim and laid it up. Uh, it was garbage time points, and you know, a lot of people don't like that. And so, uh, in this game, they started fouling the the Sixers late. Like three seconds left, they they did a hard foul. They didn't want them to have an opportunity to score any garbage time points that plus Embiid, uh you know he returned uh, by the way Joel Embiid, probably one of my favorite players right now love him to death uh, he returned with that phantom of the opera mask and uh he scored 23 points but 
uh, Justice Winslow, this is what this is what Embiid said after the game. Justice stepped on it, talking about his mask, and tried to break it with his hands. But little did they know, I have about 50 of them. So it's going to take much more than that to get me out of this series. Mm. And so he he's very confident that he's going to take it to the Heat. He took it to the Heat last night. Uh, so I, I, I've got Philadelphia coming out of that series now. NFL tried to steal a little bit of the spotlight away from the NBA with the much-anticipated for the Nick Whites of the world, the schedule release. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I got nothing on that. Uh, the Saints are once again made for TV. Five primetime games. Uh, the highlights of the schedule for the Saints, they will square off against three NFC divisional winners in a stretch of uh, four weeks in the middle of the schedule. They have uh, two home games to start and to end the year. They also, during one stretch, have four road games during a six-week period. The one game, of course, I think a lot of people want to circle. We talked about uh, those back-to-back uh, Thursday games. Uh, November 29th, they will be going to Jerry's World to square off against the Cowboys. That will be on Fox. That is the other takeaway from the schedule release. I think we talked about it two weeks ago, how Fox was all in with Thursday Night Football, and they were putting pressure on the NFL. Let's juice up. Let's make these uh, Thursday Night matchups more attractive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we certainly saw that with the schedule release. We'll kind of go through maybe a little bit of the Thursday Night games to kind of show you how uh, the NFL is all in now on Thursdays once again, even if the players continue to complain about these Thursday Night games. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the money. Mm. That's all you got on the schedule. Oh, I mean, I just, you know, people are overreacting to it, saying, oh, the Saints got a terribly hard schedule. I see that, and I'm just like, you don't know how good these teams are going to be. So you don't want to do this exercise where you literally go week by week and you try to predict what their record is going to be. I mean, we can do it. This is talk radio. But listen, last year, I mean, would prove how wrong you can be. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know how good these teams are going to be. For what it's worth, though, as I mentioned, uh, they will start at home. They'll have uh, Tampa Bay. That is a uh, noon Fox broadcast. And then week number two, the mighty Cleveland Browns are making a trip to the Big Easy. It's not like college where you know how good those teams are going to be. NFL is just so much turnover. You you never know. 888-993-7762. We had a highly anticipated game on the diamond in the high school ranks. Of course, West Washita riding a 14-game winning streak. Red Hot Strillington coming into their place. And boy, did the Panthers' bats Come alive. finish this thing uh, early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, listen, 18 hits. Jarrett McDonald last night was 5 for 5. And I believe that's now, he's now 13 of 16 in his last Five games. You don't even do that in Little League games. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, the hot streak he's on, it's it's insane. But Sterlington had 18 hits, and I was thinking about this, Aaron. I've seen some 18-hit games because I've seen a lot of bad <laughs> baseball games. I don't think I've ever seen a team pile 18 hits against a very good team because that's what West Washington is. They're a very good baseball team. They're top five in Class 4A. But to see Sterlington's lineup do that, man, that was really impressive. Uh, and Adam Tubbs was fantastic on yes. the mound. We buried the lead. He one hits West Washita, and yeah. literally the one hit is a little bit controversial. Skipped in. Uh, they they say it, the umpires ruled that it skipped into Brooks Rushworth's glove. He made a diving attempt. I Could, pull up the game 6 nothing, and uh, the first batter, uh, I think it was Parker, actually hit it to center field, and it is literally West Washita's one hit. Yeah. Um, but Tubbs actually pitched in the first game when those two met, and uh, 
he, you remember West Washtenaw came back and won that game three to one. So he got some revenge last night. Uh, more from Sterlington West Washtenaw coming up here in the next segment. West Monroe closing out district play, and then they have a matchup tonight versus the Panthers. Yes, West Monroe Sterlington tonight. Uh, there's a little bit of your high school baseball wrap-up. We certainly look forward to a big weekend in college baseball. And you look three of the four teams on the road this weekend with Grambling traveling to Southern. Boy, Southern is struggling right now. I think they've lost 11 straight. Mm. Uh, LSU on the road versus South Carolina. Louisiana Tech fresh off that big win over ULLL will square off against Marshall. We need to get into that, too, in a little bit. The, the, You're going to share your email finally? I did get another email from uh, – You didn't read your email last time. I, I tried know. to get you to. I think this is what they do across the state, but I'm just finally getting a couple of them. But I'll, I'll read that in a little while. got to read The it. name game continues with uh, the Cajuns and the Warhawks take on an App State squad. And I've been crunching some of the numbers for uh, App State. Mm. <laughs> Juicy, huh? Mm. Mm. They are the Bob Euchre of uh, college baseball. Their team batting average, their team uh-huh, batting average uh-huh. is 200. Yeah. Who, their leading hitter yeah. is uh, hitting 252 for the year. Now they're probably listening like, man, we're getting trashed here. This is bulletin board material. It's, it is, but my goodness, those numbers are bad. When your team batting average is 200 for the year. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's horrible. And then your leading hitter is 252. And he started every single game. I thought it was going to be some guy that was a sub with like a 300 <laughs> yeah. average. No, they all. Yeah. It's not. They're not. I watched they'll go out and score 10 runs against you uh-huh. this weekend. Yeah. The kiss of death. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're good for. Uh, there are a few headlines. I'm sure we missed one or two. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Painkins. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Yeah, we'll continue to talk pals throughout the show. We'll also, uh, a lot of high school baseball. Mark Sims talk about the big win versus West Washtenaw. Doesn't get any easier tonight. They get West Monroe coming to their place. He will join us live in the next segment at 730. You've been waiting for this for quite some time. We talk a little high school softball. Jake breaks down the big matchups this weekend. He'll probably get an assist or two from Tim Whitman out at Washtaws. The Lady Lions are the number one seed. John Lewandowski will join us from ULM. If you haven't heard, a huge event taking place out at ULM tomorrow besides the spring game, the baseball game, a crawfish boil. The return of Doug Peterson to the ULM campus. You get an opportunity to hear him fork over a little cash Saturday night. Lewandowski will break down that event for us and then coming up at eight o'clock how cool is this former louisiana tech kicker jonathan barnes will join us very cool Eight forty-five. joey trappe joins us for his weekly visit yes and real quick ronald monroe says pelicans are a different team because not only did anthony davis pick up his play so did nico and holiday should be a tough out for anybody including those words the morning drive on sports talk 97.7 is back so, Jake, to get ready for the postseason, you're just kind of supposed to cruise into it, right? Maybe book a cupcake or two and then be ready for the postseason next week? You would think. Isn't that what Sterlington's doing, uh, having West Washington and West Monroe and back-to-back nights? Not exactly. <laughs> uh, Sterlington head coach Mark Sims joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing good. Morning, guys. 
Yeah, who, who did this schedule? My goodness. West Washita riding a 14-game winning streak and then get a heavyweight in West Monroe as uh, your final game during the regular season and back-to-back nights. Who would have ever done this kind of thing? Man, I don't know who did that scheduling, but we're going to have to have a long talk when this year is over with. <laughs> well, no, well, now it's West Monroe that's a little concerned, considering what you guys did last night. You've had an opportunity to sleep on it now, and you look at that performance by the Panthers. Well, you bang out uh, 18 hits, score 10 runs, and you have a one-hitter. Pretty darn impressive. Yeah, we uh, that was uh, one of the better games we've had uh, coming out playing overall defense and, and hitting. And, uh, you know, Adam has been pitching really well for us all year. And, uh, you know, ran into a little bit of bad luck the first time over at West Monroe. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't think we played well enough to win anyway, but he pitched really well. And, uh, and you know, and uh, he came out last night and was pounding the zone early. And, you know, but, but man, when you uh, – when you hit the ball like that, it doesn't matter. You know, it's uh, that was a pretty impressive hitting. And, uh, you know, West Washington, those guys are probably, you know, they're one of the best teams in 4A. And uh, so, you know, like I said, I'll have to talk to our guys for being focused and, and, and you know, getting ready to get uh, uh, focused in for the playoffs. I really needed you to be mic'd up last night. The kids got a no-hitter in, what, uh, the fifth or sixth inning and a uh, controversial call. And, of course, you went out there and had a little bit of a – a discussion with the umpire. What was said there? Well, uh, first thing is, I went back and uh, you know I watched the, watched your newscast last night at ten, and, and I, I, I replayed it back and put it in slow motion. And you know, first thing I'm going to lobby for is instant replay in high school uh, because uh, the shot you got sure looked like it was like it was a catch. And uh, well, I just went out in because usually the mechanics in a two man system is the 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 home plate umpire that piss calls. And the first base umpire rotates in to make sure that the runner is touching the bases. Um, you know, so I, and then all of a sudden the first base umpire is making the call. So I just went out, I just went out and asked home plate umpire, I said, hey, wait a second, you know, a two-man crew, you know, uh, you, you get to make the call. And he said, well, when it's a tough play, that they both sort of zero in on it. And he got it, mm-hmm. he had it, but he had the ball down also. So, you know, I, you know, they, you know, they got, they had four eyes on it and we only, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I, I felt bad for Adam because Brooks, uh, you know, Brooks came in and said he called it. And uh, of course, at the time, we still had to get out to, to get the no hitter. But uh, but you know, it gives us all something to talk about. It's the only thing that did not go your way last night. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was like I said, it was just a. I'm proud of our seniors. Uh, you know, we got the big three, and then you got you know Tucker Allen's also been a four year starter. He got a couple hits as a DH last night. Uh, Taylor Martin's another uh, four-year player that, that's got some good innings for us. If you're on the mound, and uh, these guys have been around, you know they, you know they they've been through some wars and in, in, in the playoffs before, so they're they're keeping everybody in check and in focus. All right, looking at the head tonight. Now uh, you get West Monroe coming to your place. Uh, what are you anticipating from the Rebels? Uh, well, everybody right now, I, I think Aaron's just, you know, trying to jockey around and see where they're at in the playoffs. And, and wins mean something now because, uh, you know, you could possibly move up and get a home game or you could probably avoid somebody, uh, you know. And, and that's you know, the, the funny thing, the way the playoff system is now is that, you know, sometimes you, you're playing to avoid a certain team. And, uh, you know, we went and played Halton on Monday and they they were trying to get up at that 16 spot to get a home game. And, uh you know, West Washington, Mitch, and those guys were hanging around that three and four spot. So, you know, everybody wants to be at home and 
and I, I expect Western Rovers to show up over here with the intent of, you know, trying to trying to get these points under their belt and, and get their get them a home game round one. So uh, I think where we're at, uh, haven't checked this morning, but I believe, uh, you know, I think we're going to be okay being in the top four and uh, and should put us home all the way through the quarterfinal. No disrespect to. Uh baseball 3a baseball in northeast louisiana but quite frankly in the last decade i really haven't paid a lot of attention to it because we haven't had teams making runs deep into the postseason overall now with non-select in this state what teams are you looking at well you know i'm i'm with you there you know Aaron. i, I you know being in 2a we sort of focused in on that and uh you know we, we played caldwell earlier this year and, and they've got a good arm uh but just keeping up with the PowerPoints and where everybody's sitting these days, I think Brutally has played probably the best schedule in the state. I mean, these guys are, you know, they've played a bunch of 5A teams down there. I think, you know, Ben Sheets looked it up the other day. They, I think it was, you know, 600, over 500, 600 wins their opponents have. Uh, Eunice is another scary team. Uh, you know, I think I owed his one twenty something in a row now. They don't they don't give up many runs on the mound. Uh you know, I'll do a little bit of homework here this weekend and start making a few phone calls I guess and, and try to figure it out 'cause I'm I'm like, you know, we don't have any three eight teams up here. Uh you know, I think Bucky uh Chandler said, you know, you know, there's only four or five teams, three eight teams up up on I twenty. So you know, uh you know, Shreveport has a couple, so you know, we're gonna have to do a little homework this year. Uh, you can get your daughter. She's sitting next to you. She could probably do a little scout report for you this uh, weekend too. Correct? Put well, she's oh, yeah, she's got it figured out now. I'm telling you, she'll she'll get on that computer and she'll look it up and she'll let me know who's doing what and uh, you know we get the update every day. So uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna have to put her on that and get get her. She's gonna be our scout. Uh, first pitch tonight, six o'clock. Six o'clock. First pitch tonight. Uh, we we'll get Trey Rugg on the mound and uh, we'll finish this 2018 season up and get to the playoffs. Hey, Coach, you told me yesterday you're 0-2 now this year when you've been on the radio. You're not superstitious, are you? <laughs> nah, just a little bit, you know. I just, you know, uh, I think we're 0-2 air. I think we may have won one a while back okay. at some point. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, something bad something bad happened tonight. I'm just going to have to avoid you there for a while. Well, so, uh, that's not good. We're just starting the postseason. That would be horrible. <laughs> Well, if it holds where it's at right now, we stay one and, and we get the 32 seed. I'll That's talk right. to you for the 32 game. But after that, we may I may have to uh, put the phone on. <laughs> Mark Sims, congratulations on the win. Congra- uh, good luck tonight versus the Rebels. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. It almost sounded like he was name dropping there with uh, Ben Sheets, you know, doing the research. <laughs> but he's not. Ben Sheets, you know, on the All staff. On the staff. Help, it, help it out. Exactly. Um, I do want to say, you know, going into this year, we knew that that lineup was going to be potent. I think the big question mark for everybody was whether or not they could find somebody who could stand beside Trey Rugg, who could be another solid starter. And Adam yeah. Tubbs has yeah. been that, man. Adam Tubbs has been great this year. So with Tubbs and Rugg, you've got two really, really strong starters to go with that lineup. It makes Sterlington the team to beat in 3A. And the other dugout, obviously, was not the way they wanted to wrap up the regular season by getting a one hit versus Sterlington. But West Washtenaw, they're going to make plenty of noise in the 4A postseason. Here's a little bit of a Mitch Thomas following the loss to Sterlington. 
you know, I, I didn't think we played terrible tonight. Sterlington's, you know, they got a heck of a team, and um, I thought we missed some spots early pitching, um, early in the game, and then we made a few miscue, miscues in the field and gave them a, a big inning early, and, and then I just thought after that, it just, you know, we didn't have some things go our way, and Sterlington took advantage. I mean, they're just a good, they're a good baseball team, but, you know, it, it's like I just told our guys, this is the last game of the regular season. The new season starts on Monday, and, you know, it, I don't want you to forget it because it's not a good feeling, but, but we learned tonight, let's not have that feeling again. And, uh, you know, again, I don't want them to, we, we're, we're a pretty good baseball team, and I don't want them to let this, you know, ling, linger on. So, you know, it's just one of those things, it's baseball. That's just, that's the way it is. Better today rather than the first round. Though. No doubt, Jake. I thought, you know, it's, you'd rather have it now. And, you know, and sometimes when, you, when you're on a winning streak, you kind of feel like all we got to do is show up and everything's going to go our way. And, and, um, and tonight, I, I didn't think we showed up in the right mindset. I thought Sterlington did. They, they um, and you know, I go back, that's probably, that's my fault. And, uh, but we, you know, we got to pay a little more attention to detail. And, and again, it's a wake up call tonight. And, uh, you know, we'll come back and practice tomorrow and get ready for, for next week, you know, for the playoffs. Any idea where you'll be seated at? We're going to be between three and five. And that's kind of where we see ourselves. And I, of course, I don't think this loss hurts us a lot PowerPoint wise with all their wins. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking around four. Handicap the 4A bracket at all? Uh, there's a lot of good teams. The, the problem is that first round, there's so many teams with good arms that you could see that, you know, they're average teams, but when they got that, that guy on the mound, you, you, they, they can beat you. But, you know, I think if we can get ourselves in a two out of three series, I, I like our chances with our pitching depth. So, you know, we, we just got to get back and, and take care of business and, uh, you know, get ready for the playoffs on Monday. But, you know, like I said, starting to give them all the credit tonight, but, you know, we, we got you know, to get back at work tomorrow. A couple texts here. We'll get to uh, Mitch Thomas there commenting on the loss last night to Sterlington. Uh, you were a little confused last night, right? The new addition there out at West Washita, the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been to uh, several West Washita games, but Did they've all been on the road. Yeah. I didn't realize I hadn't been to yeah. their park. Right. Nice addition over there with that nice parking That's lot. That's very nice. It's very yeah. nice. West Washita fans fired up. Did I show up when it's uh, 6 to nothing? Yeah, I heard a few of those comments. <laughs> of course he shows up now. It's bad timing, isn't it? Yeah, you planned it that way. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, okay, a couple texts here at 888-993-7762. Ryan from West Monroe. ULL keeps losing that L, last L. Tech gives them, will give them. Uh, hold on, uh, hold on, redo. I may need, may need to get a new prescription. I'll read it from Ryan. ULL keeps losing that last L, but Tech gives them another one pretty much every time they play. They should have a whole storage room unit full of them by now. <clears throat> and Gary says, in the movie Space Jam, Bugs gave all his teammates some special water, and it was game on. Well, Rondo is Bugs, and all the players are drinking the Kool-Aid. The Pels are fun to watch. Right. Like you like that movie Space Jam? It was all right. It was all right. It was good. The morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7 back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. When people get sick, they need a doctor. 
When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Keep the text coming at 888-993-7762 on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. We hear from him uh, basically on a daily basis where we get a kind uh, text from him or two. He really wants to come on the show to break down uh, the Pels' chances of uh, sweeping the Blazers in this NBA playoffs, that being Washita head coach Tim Whitman. What do you think about the Pels, Tim? Um, are they playing? Is it is it basketball season? <laughs> uh, what about that schedule release? Did you see they got the Cowboys and the Saints? Uh, you can go over to Big D. Well, you know, now, now, I am a Cowboy fan. I am a Cowboy fan, so there is a little bit of interest there. You know, so I do pay attention a little bit to that. I don't know exactly the date, but I did see they were playing the Saints because my wife and I always have this grudge match when they play. So we'll try to maybe make that game so we can – you know, get on each other a little bit. So I did pay attention to that a little bit. You need to broaden a little bit. You know, when you get to come and fill in uh, maybe this summer when Jake's on vacation, uh, you need to have a, a full, you know, understanding of the sports world, Tim Whitman. Give me about a week and a half, and then I'll, I'll try to immerse myself in, in uh, some, some more sports uh, going zone in the, in the area and the state and try to, try to maybe, maybe diversify a little bit. All right, let's throw something in your wheelhouse then. Uh, we got the second round of the girls' softball playoffs about to uh, get underway tonight. You've got a huge matchup. Uh, probably not a very good draw when you looked at this thing, considering you were the number one seed, correct? Correct. Uh, Barb's coming in, and uh, they beat me early in the year. Got a good team. You know, they play in a great district, and um, they, their, their um, season, we played them the last three years. Uh, you know, seemed like every year has been in the quarterfinals at Sulphur, but this year, uh, get them a little earlier, and and uh, the record's not not as good as it's been. So they beat some people, and then they give us, you know, they gave us trouble the first time. So it's going to be a tough match for, for us, and probably not the greatest draw we could have. But uh, kids, our kids will be ready. First time around, when was that? How much did they beat you by? Uh, they beat me seventeen to nine last time. Beat me by eight. Uh, we we probably had our worst game of the year. Uh, probably didn't. Uh, I don't know if we gave up seventeen runs and two or three weeks around that span, but uh, we gave them up that game. Just everything went wrong. We didn't 
throw it well. We didn't we didn't catch it well. We didn't hit it well. It's it, you know just all all phases were pretty bad. So, uh, but the one good thing is I you know my my team's pretty um, pretty excited to play them. They um, they coming in and and uh, sort of little revenge. They know our kids know how bad we played and they know um, you know how the game was. So. Uh, they they were more excited, I think, maybe than I was to to, to get them back, just because uh, they want a little bit of uh, you know maybe re- I'd say revenge, but maybe just to to uh, show them they play a little better than they they did the first time. You really front loaded this schedule with some heavyweights and a very difficult schedule. You had some bumps and bruises early on. At what point did you start thinking it paid some big dividends for you? Well, you know, we got we went into the year thinking, you know, this was a team that was, you know, pretty talented. Uh, we, you know, we had a lot of kids coming back, lost a few key players, and had some young kids that we needed to step up. We thought were were good players for us, but needed to need to get in the fire a little bit. So we went to Houston the first weekend, played some good teams down in Houston, and you know, every I, I told somebody that we may have played every um, state champion this year in the in regular season. We played Calvary earlier. We played North DeSoto. You know, we played Parkview Baptist, John Curtis. We we played them all, and I think there may be four or five of those that are going to win state championships in their selected divisions. But um, you know, we did that on, for a reason, mainly just to get this team season, but also some of these young kids to to uh, play in, in some of those big games. And you know, once they've been there, now now a game like this is not near, near as big to them because they played in some some pretty tough matchups and, and seen hopefully everything they're going to they, they could possibly see and and be ready and. And that's sort of what we did it for. And, you know, I think it's paid off. And I think we've done a pretty good job of getting through it, too, with the record we have. And, but, you know, now it's one game at a time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's win or go home. I want to ask you about one of the better sports stories of the year. Uh, Brittany Fendel comes back from an ACL injury and hits two home runs in the same inning. Coach, just how rare is that? Have you ever seen that before where a girl has hit two home runs in the same inning? Uh, you know, I had to think back of all my career. You know, and I'm pretty old, so I got a long career. But uh, uh, I, I think I've, I, I know of another instance we had. A, I, I had a kid do it, but but in Brittany's situation, it was it was it was big for her, and it was it was good to see from her. She she tore ACL and and had surgery in November, and um, and so she's she's sitting on about four and a half to five months of of rehab, and and she's back, and that's almost unheard of. Y'all have Dr. Graves on all the time, and he did the surgery and did a great job, but. Uh, you know, he rarely ever releases anybody, you know, before five months is over, five and a half months, even at limited basis. And for her to come back, you know, and even have a game, even play, much less have a game like that, is, is big. And, and she helps us in our lineup. She, she's big in there, whatever. But uh, I'm proud of her in terms of the work she put in because uh, she spent a lot of time in the rehab, a lot of time in the weight room, you know, a lot of time in the cages when she couldn't, you know, go against live pitching, you know, hitting off tees and stuff. And so, She's, she's really she's a senior and she's really wanted to to put herself in a position to try to come back and help this team and and you know and she's starting to do that and it's starting to pay off for, for us and she did that in a big way you know the last game uh Tim the quality and depth of uh, softball in north northeast Louisiana this year how's it look uh pretty good you know you've got uh Neville and West Washington got, of course got to play each other one of them gonna knock each other out but they're going to go to sulfur uh, you've got Oak Grove, who's number one seed, uh, you know, that little ways out, and, and they've got a good chance to, to uh, win another title, title or, or be in the finals in, in Battle of Saul, and, and they beat LaSalle earlier in the year. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of classes. A 5A class, you know, it's still tough. You know, West Monroe's still in it. Um, you know, you, you've got to cross our, our district all the way through. So it, it's 
Sterlington, you know, has a good shot. Mangum, Mangum could probably repeat in in, uh, in their class, you know, with the private schools few that are out. So uh, it, it's a, it's going to be, uh, you know, there's definitely going to be some state champions, you know, in our vicinity. You know, um, I'm, we're hoping that the Lady Lions are one of them, but there's a long way to hold in 5A. 5A is loaded top to bottom, and it's just a, you know, it's a grind every game. It's going to be a battle. Coach, we have some listeners out there that probably have some up-and-coming uh, softball stars. We had Coach Montgomery on uh, just last week, and we were talking a little bit about how his team has been red hot. I think they've won 12 in a row now. But the question came up, uh, the dynamics of getting your kid recruiting and how it's changed so much from, you know, now it's all travel ball and college coaches don't get out to a high school game that often to kind of evaluate and break down talent. You being a high school coach and, of course, a former college coach, are you kind of torn on this subject considering the way it has shifted away from the high school coaches and now it's more travel ball? A little bit. You know, I think uh, the high school coach uh, has a little bit more understanding of the kid. You know, I mean, there's one thing about playing, but, you know, in recruiting, boy, it's such a, such a fine line when you've only got 11 scholarships to give, 11 and a half scholarships to give. Uh, you have to really do your homework in terms of, you know, what kind of type of, not necessarily athletic player you have, but the, the mental makeup, the, the the player off the field, because you know it is vital that they don't leave you after they, you know, you put a scholarship on them. And I think the high school coach understands that more, and so it is a little tougher situation now. They have changed the laws; they just recently passed that legislation to basically change it to junior years or first year of contact. So that may take away some of the, you know, the recruiting and 12 and under and 14 and under and all those things or whatever, and maybe get it closer to the the um, the overall, you know. Uh, high school setting a little bit more and uh, because a lot of times these kids are coming into the high schools and they're already recruited way ahead of the game in terms of uh you know the, the thing they're they've already been recruited before they get to high school you know i've got a kid now that's committed uh was committed to freshman in abby allen so uh you know it, it, it's hopefully they can they can uh this this new ruling will move it a little bit more back to high school so the high school coach can help that coach you know uh you know understand the player a little bit more first pitch tonight Five o'clock, five thirty. Five thirty. Five thirty. Appreciate it, Coach. Tim Whitman. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Uh-huh. Don't be a stranger. I'm sure I'll get a text or two. <laughs> He's trying to throw you off. Yes. Hey, speaking of getting messages yeah. from people, right. can we finally read this yeah. email? Uh, sure. All right. So, by the way, uh, earlier this week, uh, Louisiana Tech put a royal whooping on uh, ULLO, 15 to 2, 15, 15 to, two. to nothing. And, of course, they pushed across two runs in the ninth inning. Uh, the name game continues. The name game continues. So Aaron's gotten this email once already this yeah. year. Once, and I, I didn't see it for literally a couple of weeks. I was going through some old emails, and I saw it, and I was like, oh. So I responded to it, basically said, whatever, it's not going to happen. So then, of course, we get a follow-up. And they've been literally a full disclosure. I think they send these out to all markets or whenever uh, ULL, the Cajuns, are playing somebody beforehand and then afterhand. Afterwards. Right. So please abide by these rules, Aaron. Yeah. All right. The, re- the email reads, big win for Tech last night. I just wanted to remind you of the proper references <laughs> to Raging Cajuns Athletics. These references were adopted by the NCAA in November of 2016, yeah. by ESPN in early 2017, and included in the conference reference guide in 2016. They've got ESPN in their corner. That's right. We are not – we are not used – Oh, he messed up on his grammar here. Oh, wow. Well, this is – I'm going to read it how it's written. We are not use the references ULL, Uh Louisiana Lafayette, or Lafayette. 
Or Dirty Cajuns, did I reference Mez? Or ULLLO? <laughs> the ath- Ooh, the grammar in this is bad. The athletic designations for ULF yet are Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns. Uh-huh. Cajuns. Uh-huh. Louisiana for university team references. Or LA, like Los Angeles, for score abbreviation. <laughs> Thanks for taking the note of our team references. I'm taking notes. Please let me know if you have any other questions or need any assistance. That would be a great uh, question for the text line. So how do you respond to that email? What would you write back? Please (laughs) send us your responses to that email. We would love to read those on air. We should get the teller on to get his response, how he would respond to that email. Uh, A couple things about this. First of all, would that be the worst job to have? Quite possibly, (laughs) yeah. By the way, I don't understand the L.A. Because L.A., really? Yeah. That's, you're trying to pass off as yeah. – I love when people uh, get on Twitter and just roast them about this. The University of Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. But, yeah. Talk about funny. fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, it's – it's. It, I don't know. The fact that they're doing – trying to email all these markets and get people to ch- – <laughs> Dude, just worry about your own market. Uh, just just concentrate on Lafayette. Make sure they're calling you what, what you want to be called. Uh, you have the other problem, too. The uh, teams or the uh, schools that you're playing, they're not they're not listening to you either. Look at a Louisiana Tech's press release following the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's UL Lafayette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's got to be one of the worst jobs <laughs> in sports for sure. For sure. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, huge event coming up this weekend out at ULM with Doug Peterson back in taf- town. We'll have all the details coming up after the break. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. How can you go wrong out at ULM this weekend? Baseball, crawfish, spring football, Super Bowl winning head coach in town. That's a pretty good recipe right there. You had me at crawfish. <laughs> John Lewandowski, the Sports Information Director out at ULM, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing good, man. Tasting my tail. You know how that goes. Uh, I got one question before we get into this uh, big Saturday sure. coming up. Being from Big Ten country, uh, are you into crawfish yet? Are you all in? Always have been. Oh, right. you, forget, you forget about those nine years I spent at uh, Auburn and all the trips to the Sugar Bowl. I, I, I love me some crawfish now. Huge day. I'll do it fried. I'll do it etouffee. You dish it up, I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Aaron, you've seen me. I, I, don't, piss, I don't pass off many meals, you know. I don't pass. <laughs> uh, big day out at ULM, and, of course, uh, highlighted by the fact that uh, Doug Peterson is coming back. Uh, John, first of all, how did this all come about? Well, you know, both uh, Dr. Bruno and Nick Floyd said, hey, you know, if he's going to be able to get back to campus – to see uh, Josh play in the spring game. Let's see if we can try to coordinate something. And you can imagine, and you know, I, I'm anxious to hear from him how his schedule has changed, obviously, since winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, I see him doing the college circuit, all the coaching clinics, and we just didn't know what his availability was. And when we had an opportunity to visit with him and tell him what we had in mind, he was all in. Uh, he has been so gracious with his time throughout this process. But it's one of those things where both the president and the athletic director said, hey, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially with the timing. It just happened. We're not doing something five years, ten years later. Let's see if we can try to make something happen. And actually to pull this thing together really in less than three weeks is pretty amazing. All right, from your understanding, how's this thing going to work out? And give us a little bit of the schedule for Saturday, especially at the Doug Peterson event, and then we'll get into the other activities. 
Yeah, with, uh, with Doug, he'll have that VIP reception. As for the folks that bought the $2,500 tables or the $250 individual tickets, that'll be a 6.30 to 7.15 event there at Fat Ewing, uh, enter through the tunnel. And imagine, Aaron, if you've ever been to a concert, kind of the meet-and-greet concept, that, that's exactly what it's going to be. And uh, we'll get people through there, have an opportunity to interact with them, have their photo made, and people, before they leave the night, they'll have that, that photo with, uh, with Doug. Uh, and then the event, uh, the gates will open at Fant at 7, uh, and then the event itself will start around 7.30. Tag Rome uh, will be the uh, MC of the event. Tag was on the coaching staff here when, when Doug played here. It was very instrumental in helping uh, Doug get the uh, job at Calvary Baptist in Shreveport. So he has a much different perspective because he knows him uh, on a personal level. So uh, the program itself will run for about an hour, a lot of exciting stuff to share, and Hopefully, create a, a lot of a, a momentum uh, to sell season tickets and obviously raise dollars for the uh, ULM football program. Uh, Doug Peterson is now a rock star in the coaching ranks. Uh, how are ticket sales going? And if listeners out there still want to get a few tickets for this event, what do they need to do? Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, we mentioned the $2,500 tables and the $250 individual tickets. We also have tables of eight available on the floor for $1,000 and individual tickets for $100. So tables are 1000 individual 100 And then we wanted to make sure that it could be a family-friendly thing. And if you spent the whole day on campus going to the baseball game and uh, the spring football game, you can get in for a $25 general admission seat. We also yesterday made available a $15 faculty staff ticket. So you can go to Eventbrite, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.com. Look for Doug Peterson, and you'll be able to log on right there and order your tickets. And, again, you can pick those up at the tunnel if you have the floor seats or through the ticket office uh, if you purchase a general admission ticket. And then you mentioned the pack day. Um, we've got Caleb Evans and Marcus Green. I'm sure they're going to be doing some practicing before they throw out the first pitch tomorrow, about 1245 over there at Warhawk Field. And it looks kind of neat. Uh, you know, we've talked before about trying to reengage with the community. So from 1250 to 120, we're going to have our all-star candidates uh, for all Sunbelt honors out there signing autographs from the football team. So Caleb Evans will be there, Derek Gore, Marcus Green, David Griffith, Devin Jackson Jr., Donald Burris, Josh Peterson, and R.J. Turner. And people will be provided a poster for them to sign. But a really great opportunity for the kids to get to interact. They'll be positioned down near the batting cage along that right field foul line. And then at 1 o'clock, obviously, we got baseball against Appalachian State. It's Kids Day, so it means free admission for children 12 and under. So, again, trying to max that op- maximize that opportunity for people to get to a chance to interact with the uh, the players. And, you know, Coach Vietor and Nick Floyd, we, we want people to know more than just a, as a jersey number. We want them to be able to put a face with a name and get a chance to kind of interact with them. And then at the 3.30, we'll open the gates for Malone Stadium. A DJ will be on hand to kind of entertain the group. And then we got some kind of cool on-field activities for the kids. Uh, they can go down there and, and throw at a, uh, a quarterback target. Uh, there's going to be some pop-up tackling dummies. Uh, there's going to be two stations where they can actually try on a, a shoulder pads, a jersey, and a helmet to put the eye black on, have their picture made, uh, run around on the field, and then we'll also have some face painting with the uh, ULM cheerleaders and the Hawk line. And then don't forget the uh, Washtenaw Parish Crawfish Boil. That's at 4 o'clock. Uh, that'll be in the south end zone. Spring game starts at 5, and then we kind of ran through the schedule. We'll transition quickly back over to Fant and uh, get the thing going with, uh, with Doug Peterson. But it's going to be uh, a, a fun-filled day. Obviously, as you can tell, as you look at the agenda for the day, it's really family-oriented, and we hope that a lot of people come and spend the whole day. Weather forecast looks good throughout most of the day and, and then showers late in the evening.
John, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll see you Saturday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Tickets, as he said, uh, still available on uh, www.eventbrite.com. You look at uh, Peterson, of course, we all know what he did last year with the Eagles. Back in his days with the Northeast from 88 to 90, he was a three-year starter, uh, had 33 touchdowns in his uh, career, still ranks among ULM's all-time top 10 list in pass attempts, pass completions, passing yards, and TD passes. As a senior back in 1990, he led the Southland Conference in passing through for over 2,000 yards, guiding the team to a league championship that went 5-1 and one in conference play and a trip to the NCAA 2A playoffs, NCAA Division One AA, my bad, uh, playoffs. He still holds the school single passing record. These are the highlights that I, the one game that I was able to find a lot of highlights from him against Stephen F. Austin back in uh, 1989. Single game record for pass attempts, 71, completed 46 of them, 619 passing yards, and Five touchdown passes in that game. They actually lost. He, he threw 70 passes? Yeah, 71 attempts. So it was 46 for 71? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, earlier this week on Monday, we had a Fox broadcaster and ULM alum Tim Brando on the show. And, of course, he won't be able to make it to this year's event or Saturday's event with Doug Peterson. But we did uh, discuss with him just how cool this was for ULM to have Peterson coming back on campus. Was it Calvary? Here in, in, in Shreveport, as you know, as a high school coach 10, 11 years ago. And uh, when David Toms and, and Hal Sutton had um, their charity event, I had a shootout in conjunction with it. And Doug actually played in my shootouts uh, when he was here. And I remember him as a player, certainly at, at Northeast, shortly after Stan Humphreys was there and what he went on to do and his level of, of quarterbacking at the professional level and then getting in touch with Andy Reid and becoming a part of that coaching tree, which I think has really helped him become so prepared, really, for the opportunity to, to win on the highest level of the biggest platform in football against a guy like Belichick. A lot of people were thinking that he might be overmatched just in terms of being a head coach opposite Bill Belichick, and we saw certainly something much different than that. He was bold. He never took his foot off the of the pedal in terms of being aggressive. That that game was won offensively, and and he was the offensive mind that that engineered all of that. But and all of us that knew Doug well from his younger days, both as a player and as a coach, knew that he was prepared for that opportunity. And um, I think it's wonderful that the school is doing what they're doing for him at this stage. It's so quickly, and his wanting to be here because time. For these coaches, particularly, it's it's like a golfer winning a major championship. Suddenly, your life changes. Now everybody wants a piece of you. And the fact that Doug has made the time has made the time to come back. And um, and 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 Northeast uh, ULM uh, is doing this for for him at such an early stage. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And um, it shows to me again how much the leadership at ULM now uh, under Nick Bruno as president gets it understands and gets how um, athletics can can only enhance academics and vice versa, that the two work in concert. Um, you've got to have that leadership now, and not all schools of that size do. So we're very fortunate to have uh, uh, President Bruno in, in command. And I, let me also say this. The new sports information director, John Lewandowski, who reached out to me uh, to be a part of it, um, has also reached out to me a few about a few other things in terms of 
the imagery of ULM and how we need to uh, embrace the past. It's tough sometimes, and I know from uh, the school standpoint, it's about looking forward. That's that's the focus of, of Nick Bruno is moving forward. But in moving forward, uh, you need to also embrace your past. And that past, obviously, is with a different when, – when Doug was there, it was Northeast. When Stan was there, it was – but we have to move forward as alumni, too. We have to think about moving forward. Uh, but in doing so, embracing that era and those that brought championships, whether it was Stan's Division One AA championship, that team that won it in 87, or what Doug has done now as a head coach of, of a Super Bowl team and as an alum from a period when, it, when the school had a different name, that's still something that's very important. It's vital uh, to have the, the, those those two things need to come together. You know, I've I've been covering college sports forever, and what Jay Wright, the head coach of Villanova, did to make them the program that they are, and they've become a blue blood, is he embraced Roley Massimino, you know? And that's what Keith Richard is doing in basketball. He's embraced the success, okay, of what Benny and Lenny did, you know, Lenny Fant in basketball. And I, I, that, that might have been the greatest uh, hire that's been made athletically, at, uh, at ULM in the last uh, decade was bringing Keith Richard back uh, because look what he's done. They were having APR problems. They Even this year, they had lost a lot of talent after a couple of great runs. They were supposed to be last in the league, and gosh, he, he got them into postseason play again, and they're going to be great next year. I mean great. So uh, a lot of things are moving in the right direction, but that um, that combination of knowing your future but embracing your past so that the future can be brighter is something that um Tim Brando earlier this week on the morning drive hey uh you got a spot for me at your VIP table on Saturday <laughs> yeah yeah you know <laughs> I dropped that cash uh still tickets available for the evening with uh our 2018 kickoff with Doug Peterson of course you can go to uh eventbrite.com to get those tickets got a couple of uh, text here text here we were talking about the name game with uh, ULLL, somebody texts in and says, L.A., losers again. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, another one here, not bad for the first year in 3A, reference to Sterlington. Panthers first year up in 3A after moving from 2A, and they're the district champs in football, baseball, softball, soccer, and boys and girls track and field. Yeah, pretty dominant year for Sterlington. 7 o'clock hour in the books. Plenty coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, including... Coming up next, uh, former Louisiana Tech kicker Jonathan Barnes joins us live as we break down his chances to make it in the NFL, plus plenty of talk on the pill. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.